Coastal Alabama for 2021-2022. I'm so thankful that Abby has asked me to be on this episode of her podcast, Positively Purposed. I can't wait to get into this and share my heart with you guys and just open up a little bit to the world. And I know it's going to be a great episode. So like I said, my name is Brianna Viker and I'm currently a freshman at Coastal Alabama Community College in Baymanette. I'm double majoring in business administration and criminal justice with hopes of one day going to law school. Just a little bit about my pageant history. It's not very much, but boy has it been an absolute joy. I first started out with my high school pageants. I attended Mary G. Montgomery High School in Mobile, Alabama. And of course, I didn't win any of the years I competed until my senior year, and I'd been competing since um, sophomore, sophomore year. Um, But after that, I was able to participate in the local Distinguished Young Women program for Mobile County, where I was actually named second runner-up. And I honestly was not expecting that, and it just kind of opened, once again, another door of opportunity, which has just continued to be a snowball effect and I'm forever grateful. After competing in Distinguished Young Women, the judges came up to me afterwards and and asked if I had ever thought about competing in the Miss America organization. And I was absolutely shocked. I had never thought about competing in, you know, a competitive pageantry system. So I told them no, um, and they really were the ones to push me forward on, on this avenue. I entered my first preliminary, and as the title of Miss Mobile Bay, lo and behold, I was named the winner that night. Once again, completely shocked, but I'm so, so grateful that that door of opportunity opened. Um, So last year was the first time I was able to compete for the title of Miss Alabama, and that year was definitely a year of learning and really seeing what the organization is about firsthand. I was awarded the Alabama Theater Scholarship Award and it just recognized me for my talent. I've been dancing since the age of two, started dancing competitively whenever I was four, and so this award really meant a lot to me. And I was also given a non-finalist talent award once again for my talent as well as recognized for my community service and sponsorship ads. During that week I made so many new friends and just friendships and relationships that I truly will continue to carry for the rest of my life. I know we we talk about the organization and people say that you'll make some friendships that will last you a lifetime and it's honestly the truest statement I've ever heard. Those girls and women are just so uplifting, so inspiring, and I I can't believe that I was able to compete alongside them that year. Um, I was actually the youngest one in the group, and so it was just an amazing opportunity to look up to all of them and just learn from them firsthand. And I'm excited to do that once again this year with just a little bit more experience under my belt. Um, So I'm excited to see um, how this year this year goes. 
All right, so those who know a little bit about the Miss America organization know that we have to have what is called a social impact initiative. To me, I I like to explain it as a fancy word for a platform, but a little bit more business-minded. The organization is all about wanting to serve and how we can implement um, community service into our hometowns. And I I think this is such an amazing opportunity for young women because it really gives you a way to connect with others, you know, maybe share what you're passionate about on a broader scale and, um, (laughs) sorry, tripped up on that one, but it just allows girls to really see how to be their best self through community service and volunteering. Personally, I'm passionate about advocating for survivors of human trafficking and online predators. Even though this is a little bit of a dark and uncomfortable topic, I believe that it's it's truly necessary because due to COVID, there's been a rise of online predators um, and children are simply being forced to implement social media and have devices um, put in their face on a regular daily basis. Um, And it truly affects all aspects of their life. So with that being said, I created my social impact initiative called Stopping Traffic, um, and it's just something that's really personal to me, and um, we'll get into that a little bit later, but I believe now is a time to talk about this situation because we won't know the, the effects of what COVID has caused for these children and young adults um, whenever it comes to the idea of online predators and what they've gone through for years to come whenever survivors start telling their stories. So to me, it's it's truly important to educate not only our young people, but also the adults that, that hand out these devices. I've been glad to say that I'm partnering with um, the local mobile district attorney's office um, with Ashley Rich and her youth and family services team. And that's just a, a little bit of what, what I've been able to do during um, my first year as Miss Mobile Bay. I wasn't named Miss Coastal Alabama until about a month ago. So <laughs> I'm working on getting some things implemented here in, in Baldwin County, but I've especially done a lot of work over in, um, in Mobile County. So just a little bit about my story um, and why this means so much to me. Whenever I was in middle school, I attended Sims Middle School, which is honestly one of the biggest middle schools in the state of Alabama. It has seven feeder pattern schools that filter into it. And so you can only imagine me on my first day, I was surrounded by new faces everywhere. It was a little bit of a, um, of a shock to me um, during those years because it's like every single day I would see a new face. Um, But whenever I started attending Sims Middle School, I was named as class representative. And basically what this means is, you know, we're we're getting a little bit older, but we're given a little bit of, um, what's the word? (laughs) Oh, gee, well, skipping that. we're given a little bit of more freedom and responsibility. That that's what I was looking for. We're given it. We're giving a little. A little. We're given a little bit more of responsibility, and with that, we have to hold each other accountable. So basically, I was the responsible one in the group. I was always 
letting our, our classmates know when we have a quiz or that we have a test coming up or don't forget to turn in your field trip money on Friday. Just basic stuff like that. But with that being said, I had to get a point of contact for everyone in our home room. And, you know, with me being in middle school, I wasn't paying that much attention whenever it came to social media. I was just basically adding everyone who requested me. And if I saw maybe a familiar name or a face in a profile picture, I would hit the friend request button. And so I was basically just going down the line of my request list, hitting accept, 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 not, once again, not paying attention to really who it was. Um, And then I also had a bunch of people reaching out to me, which was completely normal, you know, hey, uh, I think I saw you during PE today. Do you maybe want to meet by the the flagpole and play volleyball with me? Just simple stuff, you know? And someone had reached out to me that I wasn't too familiar with, but I I thought I knew this person. It was a very basic profile. Um, Once again, I go to a large school, so it's not like I know everyone by name yet. And so I responded to them. They just asked me, hey, how was your day today? Hope it went great. And I responded with the, yeah, it it was good. How was your day? And then a normal conversation just kind of insinuated. Um... When this happened, um, I'm going to go ahead and kind of foreshadow what's happening in the future. Um, The grooming process started to happen um, that I wasn't aware of at the time. So this conversation lasted for about a week, week or two, until it switched into something more vulgar. And at that point, I knew that this wasn't someone from my school. And whenever I called them out on it and started questioning them, it's like their whole account and their demeanor just changed. Um, It became a lot more aggressive, um, and this person started saying, you know, if you don't do what I want, then I'm going to kill you and your family, especially your older sister, who is, um, I'm super close with. She's like another mom to me, and I was a child looking at my my phone, and so I, I, you know, at the end of the day, this could just be someone who's trying to pull a fast one on me and so I I take the screen name and I post it into Google and it repeats everything that this person had just said if you were it read back to me and it said if you report him to the police his people will find you and they will kill you and your family I'm a child looking at my phone I, I didn't know how to process all of the emotions and what I was going through Um, I was scared. I felt like if I told my parents, I would get in trouble because I'd been messaging with someone that I didn't know. Um, I I didn't know what would happen. And they were still constantly messaging me, trying to get a response. And it was honestly just very overwhelming. And so I, I did what he wanted me to do, which then kind of got to the point where I was a puppet on strings and he was the master whatever he wanted me to do I had to because now he had blackmail that he could use against me but at the same time he had made threats um and from our conversations previously he had gathered a bunch of information regarding my sister and my parents um and he knew where we were at he told me firsthand of I, I know where your location is at and he he told me Um, and so as a kid, it's like I didn't know which way to turn. 
I felt very isolated, which is part of the grooming process. That's what they they want from you. They want to get you to a point where the only person you can rely on is them. Um, and it was like I was just putty in this person's hand, and it lasted for three years. Um, and I remember one time it got it got really serious. Um, I was at a national dance competition in Las Vegas with my dance company at the time. And during Nationals Week, we're, you know, we're going to conventions, we're going to classes. Our schedule is is truly like jam-packed. It's like you're dancing from early that morning to late at night because you compete later on in the day. Um, And while I was at the venue dancing, my parents and, well, my dad didn't go on this trip. He, He was at work. So it was just my mom and my older sister. During the day, they would just kind of, you know, walk around town, explore, kind of do touristy things, and then they would come back and pick me up whenever I would get out of classes to get ready for competition. So I was by myself um, throughout the day, and he had texted me one day, and he he had told me, he was like, um, he would make little comments saying, you know, like, oh, well, I'm close to Las Vegas and everything like that, but he never truly, like, came out and said, um, I'm in Las Vegas, not at that point. And so later that night, whenever I was getting ready for competition, we were in the dressing room. And whenever it comes to big competitions like this, it's honestly just a huge open room, nothing in it. You just kind of find a free spot and set your stuff down and claim it as yours. Um, and I remember there was a security guard at the front door, um, just to make sure no males walked in and I was with my my mom and my sister and they were trying to get me set up to get ready for my dances Um, and one of the dressing room moms from another team was in there and she had made a comment she had said "Um, if your girls are changing right now cover them up because there's a man outside of the door pacing in front of it I honestly wasn't paying any attention to this Um, we were kind of like in the straight shot view of the front door it was crowded at the time whenever we got in and we couldn't get a great spot. And so that's just what we had to had to go to. Um, and so, you know, my sister was grabbing a blanket, trying to like cover me up as much as possible. And um, we just continued on. Once again, didn't think anything about it. Later that night, whenever I got done with my dances, I checked my phone and he had sent me a message and said, I just wanted to let you know that I was very close to you today. And I immediately went back to the point of when that dressing room mom said that. I believe firsthand that he had me sold over the internet. And all he had to do was get his hands on me. Um, Which, looking back now, it's super scary because what if he had? Um, You know, you can't help but to question the, the what ifs in life. Thankfully, that's not the story I'm here to tell you today, but it just goes to show that this can happen to anyone. I was involved in my local church. Um, I was a straight-A student. I was part of National Honor Society. I was an athlete both at school and outside of school. I was a leader in the community, and no one would have suspected that this happened to me. But it can happen to anyone. I don't think these traffickers have any sort of stereotype that they're looking for. All they have to do is find a vulnerability and prey upon it. And unfortunately, everyone has 
a vulnerability in their life. Um, so it just goes to show that that this is real, that this is something that we need to address now more than ever, especially because of COVID, because they're out there. To them, this is their harvest time because they know that these kids are online. Um, you know, parents are out fighting for their job. Um, thankfully, it, COVID has kind of settled down and, and things have gotten a little bit back to normal, but, but what if we get another spike again? Or, like I said, we won't know the outcomes of what had happened during this past year until years later, whenever these survivors start sharing their stories, if they do. Um, but this was never addressed during the pandemic. Never. Not once. And it sickens me because these kids are our future. We're supposed to protect them. And if not us, then who? And so that's why I've made it a little bit of my mission to be that voice for the voiceless. Um, and I'm sure you're probably wondering how this story closes out. And unfortunately, it's it's not the best. You know, I'm grateful that I'm here today. I'm able to tell my story. But it saddens me to say that he was never prosecuted. My parents found out a week after we had gotten back from Las Vegas. Um, my dad was at the fire station. My mom was in her room and she just couldn't sleep that night. She said that she had just had this gut-wrenching urge to go to go check up on me. And her room, um, my parents' room was like down the hallway and mine and my sister's room was like on the other side of the house. Um, I usually sleep with my door shut um, and whenever she came down the hallway, she noticed how my light was shining up under my door. And this, it was late at night. It was like 12, 1 in the morning. Um, and so she, she came in and she noticed that I had on a full face of makeup and I was sitting on my bed. She asked me, she was like, Brie, what are you doing up so late? And I just gave her, you know, the classic excuse of, oh, well, mama, I just, I just couldn't fall asleep tonight. Um, and she noticed, um, how whenever she had spoken to me, I had turned my phone face over where like the face was touching the covers. And for a mom, this is a red flag. You know, my daughter is in a full face of makeup late at night and she's hiding her phone from me. So she walks towards me and she says, um, Brie, give me your phone. And I just remember feeling like I was about to, <laughs> about to throw up. I was nauseous. My stomach was churning. I was shaking. I was just filled with anxiety. But I didn't have any other choice. I had to give my mother my phone. And so I did. Um... And that's whenever she just unveiled the horrors that I'd been enduring for the past couple years. Um, and it, it, it's sad to say because before the trip to Las Vegas, um, we as a family had decided to switch phone companies from AT&T to Verizon. And whenever we did, we had to turn in our phones. Um, whenever we did that, we turned over my phone that had all the information on it that could have gotten him prosecuted. Um, you know, at, at the time, my parents didn't know this. They didn't know what was going on. Um, and there was no way to get that phone back whenever they did find out what, what had been happening. Um, so he is still out there. Um, he has tried to make, make contact with me in the past couple of years. Um, but um, I believe that one day he will meet his maker and his time will come. So... At the end of the day, I'm not worried about it, but I, I just, I fear that 
what he did to me, he could do to others because he was very skilled in what he did. He knew what he was doing. This was not the first time. So I'm sure there's, there's more victims. And so I, I say all of that to close out with, I believe that there is a purpose for everyone. Maybe the, the darkest things that you have to offer can be one of the greatest things that will fill you with joy in the future. Like I said, I'm now currently working with Mobile County's District Attorney, Ashley Rich, and her Youth and Family Services team as a way to um, implement education and awareness within the Mobile County public school system. Um, And I'm also proud to say that I'm sitting on an anti-human trafficking committee created by Attorney General Steve Marshall in the state of Alabama on the survivors um, panel. I'm I'm there to kind of help with um, giving a survivor's point of view because at the end of the day, they they have dealt with this firsthand. And I've also created my own nonprofit called Stopping Traffic, where we work to grant um, survivors of human trafficking and online predator scholarships. And they can use it for, you know, maybe it's they want to attend college or they want to work at a new job, but they can't afford to pay for their uniforms, just whatever it may be. You know, we can help pay for whatever necessities they need. And I've been able to do this through the the Rose Center, which is a, a safe home, um, the Camille Place, which is out of Monroeville, and I'm also looking to work with class kids. They're actually out of Florida, but um, Brad Dennis, who is the overseer of it and the president, he's actually um, cover, he's supposed to cover um, the whole southern region, um, which also includes the Mobile area. Um, through a student at the University of South Alabama. She's hosting an event actually tomorrow where some of the proceeds will be um, given to my nonprofit, Stopping Traffic, and we'll be able to grant once again another scholarship, which will be our second one. Our first one was granted earlier this year, and so I'm super excited to see what kind of opportunities come into fruition because of that, and I'm so thankful that Emily has, you know, had this mission on her heart to to advocate for survivors of human trafficking as well and I I love just to see the response in the community of those who are so supportive of it Um, but at the end of the day everything happens for a reason and I know that God has truly given me this story to share it with others I, I had a hard time trying to put into words whenever I go to speaking engagements that Yes, this is probably the darkest thing that I have to offer, and it's something that I'll wear on my sleeve, but I believe that God has given me the story for a reason, and I feel like if I keep quiet, then I'm just doing Him a disservice. And so even though it's hard, and sometimes I I don't even want to acknowledge it, um, I know that I have to take care of myself, but at the end of the day, this message needs to be told. Um, And so... I would like to leave you all with this Bible verse from Romans 9.17. It reads, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. God is using me for a higher purpose and I believe that he has a higher higher purpose for each and every single one of us. I'm his vessel and I will continue to serve him no matter what. I'm his vessel and I will continue to serve him no matter what. 
Turning your darkest moments into something fruitful is never the wrong answer. So I encourage each and every single one of you to find your passion and really lean in towards it. I'm so thankful that the Miss Alabama and Miss America organization has given me a platform to speak about um, my greatest passions. And it's opened, like I said, so many doors of opportunities and I just can't wait to see um, it continuing to go into effect. So I thank you for all listening today. I hope that you've all enjoyed it. And if you ever wanted to reach out, my social medias or my personal one is Bree Viger, B-R-E-I-G-H, Viger, V-I-G-O-R. And my um, Instagram handle for Miss Coastal is at Miss Coastal Alabama, spelled out completely. Um, If you have any questions or you would like for me to speak to a certain group, I would love to. So just reach out if you have any questions. I would love to share my heart a little bit more. Thank you once again, Abby Church, for having me on this podcast. And I'm so glad to be your sister in crowning. Bye. Have a great day.